Alright, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to, well, it would be the Enigma Blockbuster Cinema Theater, but currently, because we have a brand new sponsor, it is the Legion Cage Adoptapet.com Theater. Uh, that's right, our very own Legion Cage is our sponsor for this uh, this month, month and a half, uh, six months, maybe the next ten years. We don't know. It, it's all up in the air. But in, in any case, Legion Cage requests that you go and check out adoptapet.com because if you potentially have room in your life for uh, uh, an animal, uh, maybe a, a cockatoo, maybe a, a ball python, uh, perhaps a piranha, uh, but uh, more along the lines of probably just like cats and dogs, that is the place to go because there are always pets in need and uh, you might be able to find one that needs a forever home and you're able to take them in and uh, yeah. Cage greatly appreciates it just like he appreciates me and that's saying quite a bit. Um, so, in any case, uh, welcome. My name is Scotty, uh, also known as EBC. To my right is the beautiful Captain Cage himself. Uh, he, he really gives it, uh, Captain Isnib a run for his money, um, but he's really stuck. Like, I mean, he, he, he stopped the instant he saw the title of the podcast, Arcade, and he just stuck on that Arcade. Uh, because he is sporting an absolutely beautiful Thurston Howell cap this evening. Uh, if you're listening to the audio version of the podcast, you really must stop by and check out Cage's fantastic hats. They are totally, totally epically worth the subscription fee of negative $73. That's right, we pay you to listen to this shit, so uh, thank you for joining us appreciate y'all welcome uh and and then our special guest for this evening is uh the one the only the man with the most fantastic beard in the world mad tinkerer welcome hello gentlemen how are you this evening (laughs) doing well happy to be here thank you for having me all right um yeah that that um you've had that beard since before you were born Right, I mean it's a, something like that. It's somewhere around there. Yeah, I've been working mm-hmm. on it for quite some time. Mine <laughs> is is uh, I I don't know if you can see it in the dark light today, but mine is is kind of like um, if you took a Brillo pad and and you painted it like a burnt musk orange type deal, and and uh, you your goal was to try to like repel women. That's that's the kind of beard I've been working on for quite some time. <laughs> And and Cage has got the uh, debonair salt and pepper thing going on there that I mean it, you know it plays very well, Mister Howell, off of your hat. And uh, <laughs> yeah, all right, uh, welcome everybody. Uh, thank you for joining us. Uh, so we're gonna get right into it. Let's uh, head on over to our main playthrough screen uh, as Man Tinker uh, presents Red Dead Redemption now. I want to tell you right off the bat that my experience with Red Dead Redemption is not the first game. I, uh, you may have heard me mention a couple of times, I'm kind of a fan of Markiplier on YouTube, and uh, my first experience with this uh, storyline was Markiplier doing a long playthrough of Red Dead Redemption 2. So I never saw or knew anything about the... um, 
the first game until, I mean, obviously, if he was playing Red Dead Redemption 2, that's probably, you know, like something that came after number one, but I didn't know anything about the game. So I'm, I, I was very fascinated by his playthrough of Red Dead Redemption 2, the, uh, not only the graphics, the storyline, absolutely loved the storyline. Um, and uh, in particular, I think it's Dutch is his name uh, <laughs> that that keeps on getting the main character in trouble because I have a plan, you know. Um, yeah, I mean they were plans. You got to yeah. give that to him. Yeah, yeah. He, he did. It's not a good plan, but it was a plan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. In any case, yeah, I was just enthralled by the story, and I absolutely love that that Markiplier who doesn't always do stuff like that. In fact, most of the time he doesn't, decided to do a long playthrough that ended up being like, I don't know, 20 uh, or 25 two-hour videos long uh, and posting that. So I got to see a, a really good portion of Red Dead Redemption 2's story, including when he gets to the end of it, and uh, spoiler alert here if you if you haven't played these, he gets to the end of it, and we find out that that's actually a prequel, and it's a beginning uh, 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 to the first one. So, so Red Dead Redemption Two ends right where Red Dead Redemption One begins, um, and and that was also fascinating from a storyline perspective. So, um, but yeah, uh, Red Dead Redemption One. Let's see here. I just had my information. They just came out on uh, PlayStation 3 and Xbox 360 in uh, 2010. Those were the only two ports. And, uh, Cage, why don't you tell us uh, a little bit about what was happening at that time? All right. Uh, so, yeah, to be more precise, it was uh, Tuesday, May 18, 2010. Uh, I know where I was, and I was working at a game store selling this game like crazy. Um, you know, if you were cruising around, you might have been listening to such songs as Eminem's Not Afraid, Usher's OMG, Muse's Uprising, or Alicia Keys' Unthinkable. Uh, speaking of Unthinkable, you may have been watching that in the theater with Samuel L. Jackson and Carrie Ann Moss. Or if you, uh, like, hate sharks or shark movies, you may have gone and seen The Reef instead. Um, you know, you may have been doing those kind of things. Uh, Tina Fey was celebrating her 40th birthday at that time, and George Strait uh, was celebrating his 58th birthday, but uh, the birthday that was important is Red Dead Redemption. <laughs> so this game came out, and it is, uh, you know, I'll get to the actual thing, it is, one of, it is still regarded as one of the highest uh, rated games on Metacritic. Uh, this game came out and got a 10 out of 10 from Edge. 8 out of 10 from Eurogamer, 9.75 out of 10 from Game Informer, 5 out of 5 from GamePro, 9.5 out of 10 from GameSpot, 9.7 from IG out of 10 from IGN. It's got a 95 out of 100 Metacritic score, which is pretty insane for most games, especially in the, the modern age. Um, the game went on to sell over 5 million copies in the first three weeks of release, making it uh, the fifth selling game, fifth best selling game of 2010, um, even if it was regarded as the best game, uh, and sold over eight million units by February of 2011. So over eight million units in the first year. Uh, the game was 
nominated for countless awards. I think on the uh, on the page that I was looking at for information, it was nominated for over thirty various awards um, from multiple different sources, uh, ranging from Game of the Year to Action Game of the Year, uh, Best Characters Design, Best Gameplay, Art Design, Acting, all these. Some of the big awards it did win, it won Game of the Year from Spike TV Video Game Awards, uh, which was, at the time, kind of like the biggest mainstream show. It's now known as just the Video Game Awards. Uh, but it won Game of the Year. It also run, won Best Original Score from Spike, Best DLC for the Undead Nightmare DLC. Um, it won Action Game of the Year from Interactive, the Interactive Achievement Awards. And it won Game of the Year from Game Developers Choice Awards as well. So not only was it nominated for a ton of different things, it won them. It sold like crazy. It was highly regarded and is still to this day regarded as one of the best games out there. Indeed. Uh, now, in your research, did you come across anything on how it compared between Red Dead Redemption 1 and number 2? Um, I did not see anything like that during my exact research as far as uh, how they compared to each other. I can find out for you real quick. I know Red Dead Redemption 2, it was regarded like as one of the most anticipated games, period, uh, around the time it came out. Uh, and more specifically, one of the, if not probably the highest like sought-after sequel of pretty much any game out there. Um, to compare, uh, Red Dead Redemption 2 actually has a higher Metacritic score of 97 out of 100. It got perfect 10s from EGM, Edge, and Game Informer, uh, as well as 5 out of 5 stars from, like, Games Radar and Giant Bomb. Um, to be more specific, as far as that came out, seven years, seven and a half years later on October 26, 2018. And, and what was the Metacritic score? 97 one? out of 100. Oh, for one, uh, for one, 95 out of 100. Okay, so just two points higher. But, uh, you know, yeah, if, it, if it's not only a highly anticipated sequel, but a highly anticipated game all around, you know, that, that speaks volumes to the what the storyline, you know, did to the people that were... <laughs> out there uh you know played the first one and, and had said you know holy shit i gotta buy the second one yeah um, and, and and that it lived up to those expectations yeah because you think about how many times have you whether it's a game a book movie whatever that has a follow-up right that has a follow-up and you're excited for it think about any of those times that you've had that does that follow-up then not only meet your expectations you have of it, exceed right. that expectation. Yeah, you know? or, or, or maybe also along the lines of how many times do you uh, feel that the sequel matches the greatness of the original or exceeds it? You know, mm -hmm. that's, that's also not very often, uh, especially in, like, movies and things like that, so... All right, um, so just some quick description on this. Um, Red Dead Redemption is a free-roaming Western game. You couldn't tell by the guy with the bullet sash. <laughs> um, I, I am just now 
starting to explore open world sandbox games. Um, and I was mentioning to a few other people today, or uh, you know, in the last couple of days, I uh, I found a game on Steam for free that's called Creativeverse, and it's very similar to Minecraft except it's free, um, and and it also works on my crappy laptop because I haven't uh, you know replaced that for a, a better PC to play some of these games at my house, um, and. Uh, it, you know, it really, in, in my opinion, is uh, excellent for the cost. You know, there, obviously it's a, there's a, little, a few drawbacks to it, but, you know, it, it really does it justice. And, and from my personal perspective, you know, trying to explore a, an open world sandbox type game, it, there's just so very much that they put into these worlds. I mean, you got to imagine that a game developer, every single aspect of that open world is designed. It doesn't, you know, they're not pulling from this or that. Maybe maybe they're copying some elements from previous games or, or something like that. But, it, you know, just how huge the open world is in Red Dead Redemption and, and in the second one and... You know, then basing a storyline around all of that, not not only the main quests that you go through, but the the uh, all of the side quests and the little thing like in Red Dead Redemption 2, learning how to fish, you know, and, and, and making that a part of the storyline, you know, a side part that you can explore and, you know, all of the, the things that come into it. They have put so much into these kinds of games. And, and we're also talking about this is 12 years ago now. Red Dead Redemption came out, you know, how, uh, 12 years ago, 15, 20 years ago, how much time and energy and thought was put into just how vast and explorable these, these open world games are. And that just kind of blew me away. I mean, you know, I, obviously I, I'm looking at it from a newbie perspective and I'm just starting to see what, what that kind of, of thing entails, but it really is amazing to me, you know, how much how much thought and energy was put into that. Um, so the other aspect of Red Dead Redemption and, and the sequel is there's also the shooting aspect to it. And obviously there's, you know, interaction with other NPCs, characters, stuff like that. Um, but the shooting aspect of it is, is combining in uh, things that are prevalent to and and well-known and loved for uh, games that are more well-known for being a shooter like Borderlands or Halo or yeah, uh, even, even um, uh, I can't think of the other one, it just escaped my brain, but, you know, combining that with open world and now this in, you know, this Western setting, how many boxes did that check for people over the years that, that they go oh oh it's a western oh it's an open world oh it's a shooter too you know uh just you know, riding the horse you know uh, uh, jumping from the horse onto the moving train and all these other things that, that come into play in uh, the the best uh, western stories that are out there uh, and I got to imagine that there's a lot of people out there that that's why it appealed to them so so very much is because of just how many boxes it checked 
um, and and how many different things you could you could do in there to satisfy your your gaming itch. Um, so I, I'm gonna quit yakking on that. Um, we're gonna come back for um, the first part of the playthrough that Tinkerer has provided for us, uh, where he captured Red Dead Redemption uh, One. And uh, and we're gonna start talking about like the actual gameplay and the elements and, and um, why it's uh, so meaningful to uh, our guest who is presenting this today. We're gonna take a short commercial break and then come right back for that. Stay tuned. All right, so. Now we're going to uh, be watching the first part of the playthrough that uh, Tinker has provided us here. Uh, so were you playing this on your PlayStation 3 or your Xbox 360? I'm actually playing this on Papa Doom's uh, PlayStation 3. So <laughs> I got to give a little shout out there to, to Papa Doom for letting me borrow his console to get this played through. Doom! And so I do have it on 360 is what I originally played it on. And quite frankly, I ended up uh, bricking two 360s. This wasn't the only game <laughs> that put that kind of stress on it, but uh, I definitely red ringed one of them playing this. Really? Yep. Is it just because the game was that intense for the console? Uh, both uh, that as well as it was a, an old used 360 that I started with. Oh, gotcha. So it was, you know, a buddy at work is trying to get rid of it. And I had just played this game over at uh, my buddy's place. And I knew I had to get a copy of it. Yeah, And that's... Yeah, that sent me down the rabbit hole right there. And, yeah, had a a horse ran away from one of the people there and took off way out here in the middle of nowhere. And I tried to get it, and that just didn't work out. And that was one of the things that intrigued me right out of the gate about this when I first started playing it was the random encounters. Nothing felt forced. You rarely saw them coming. Like, just by the timing of the game, you knew, okay, I'm probably due for something. But it, it has a wide selection of, you know, probably at least maybe a half dozen different things that might take place. And any one of those will present themselves. And uh, so the... You know, we, we just saw me hop down and pick some herbs and then see doing a little hunting here. And these are two aspects that, uh, again, what I was playing before I really started getting into this was the Lego games. That was, you know, my short list of, uh, of another franchise that I would have talked about today was the Lego games. Mm -hmm. And just the, um, it, it, all of those little things that you have to do if you want to 100% it. Right. And, you know, tracking down 
all of the herbs, tracking down. Because uh, what happens in this game, and if anyone does end up starting this from from this from scratch, first off, shoot a bird out of the air. Second off, look for those little white flowers, and third, shoot a coyote. And what all three of those will do is it opens up a naturalist tree. It opens up a sharpshooter's tree. And um, hunting, I think, is the third one. And you have to do those before you even know that that's available. And then all of a sudden, oh, well, shoot down five birds. And it's just a way to get those extra little XP along the way. Why not? You need the pieces, parts, anyhow. And it's those little goals that it sets for you in the midst of gameplay that just really helped round the game out for me. And, and, and I suppose you could also probably take a lot of different approaches to how you want to play and complete the game. Oh, absolutely. Um, not only, you know, playing at like a... How, what, are, what are the technical terms for that? Where you're either playing as a bad guy and killing everybody or a good guy and you're trying to kill only minimal amount of people? You know. I typically go with like either a face or a heel. Yeah. And yeah, you, you can totally go either way with this game. And with this... Um, Quite frankly, it's been so long since I played all the way through this game that I I can't really tell you how much of an influence that has in the rest of the game. But in Red Dead 2, you can definitely see you have your that little meter at the bottom, your morality meter. And it it makes a definitely an influence on how people interact with you. And, you know, for Again, for me, I, I came out of playing Legos, and then all of a sudden, here's this game. <laughs> um, I had watched Papa Doom play several of the Grand Theft Autos, and I loved the engine. I loved watching him play how uh, you know the mechanics of it worked. Just the the scenario was too real for me. It's like this stuff's happening like right now down the street. <laughs> I don't want to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's not something I really want to play with. And this, you know, it's removed enough and romantic enough with history that oh, I can have fun with this. Right now, now it's supposed to be set in 1911. And Mm -hmm. you're taking control of the main character, John Marston, who's an outlaw forced to turn on his peers when federal agents are threatening his family. And then he is sent to the American frontier to capture uh, the former gang members, especially Bill Williamson. So from there, can you expand on the storyline and where it goes in the first one and and, uh, tie in if you would? Did you play Red Dead Redemption 2? as well uh, I did yes okay yeah so if you would tie it, tie in for us how that you know was a, a prequel that then leads into the storyline yeah with uh, <laughs> with both of these games this was the reason that I got stepped away from my ps2 and got a 360 uh, Red Dead 2 was the reason I bought a ps4 um, 
you know, these games like drove me buying new consoles, like getting into that next generation of video gaming. And with with this one, you know, where we're at so far, you know, in our playthrough in the background, um, you know, they the feds want you to bring in Bill Williamson, and right away, I don't know what guy was thinking. He just goes up and tries to draw on three outlaws that have the high ground on him. It doesn't go well for him. And so uh, Bonnie McFarlane is one of the first... Here's one of the random scenarios that you come across. There'll be hangings. You know, some guy will come running up to you that, hey, my brother's getting hanged. Can you help? And unfortunately, the victim... I, I didn't shoot the, the rope soon enough, so... The guy died, <laughs> but one of the, you know, to compare the Red Dead Two to Red Dead, one of the uh, the most important differences is the heads-up display. Red Dead Two, they really bring it around. They're like your enemies show up as red dots. Uh, sound off to the side shows up as a blip, so you can look on your map and see where things are at. On this. Uh, yeah, good luck. <laughs> uh, like, you can hear the sound of gunshots around you, but unless you have headphones or, um, you know, in my setup, I have a hard time differentiating the direction it's coming from. Right. And so then all of a sudden I'm running right up and I don't know who's the good guy, who's the bad guy. And we'll encounter this later in this playthrough. Um, did, but, question here for you. Did, sure. Did you just loot the the guy who got hung yes the... i did yeah <laughs> i mean you can't take it with you so somebody better get some use out of it right oh, i i i didn't save your ass uh, sorry about that oh thanks for the money bye yeah <laughs> you know so i mean is he gonna use it in all fairness no I doubt it yeah <laughs> can't spend money in the underworld <laughs> And so, with this story, um, you know, Ms. Miss, Miss Bonnie McFarland uh, comes and saves you from getting shot by Billy Williamson, nurses you back to health, and then that's where the, uh, it has a built-in tutorial, like the first probably four or five missions of the game is nothing but tutorial missions teaching you how to do things. Right. And uh, some of it gets a little long in the tooth about like how many cattle do I really need to to help wrangle here? You know, you just want to get to the, the good stuff. But it's fun. Like it, it, it it's not just typical run up and shoot them. You know, you got to be careful on who you are shooting, you know, who is the good guy, who is the bad guy. Well, and not only that, but you also have to make decisions on how the storyline goes, too. Not, not only whether or not you're, uh, you know, playing for honor or fame in the morality system, but how you want the scenario to play out, too. Like, isn't there, yeah, maybe I'm just thinking in Red Dead Redemption 2, but aren't there a few scenarios where 
based off of what you do, it can go one way or the other. Especially in two, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So it, you, and that's almost a choose your own adventure aspect here. <laughs> yep, for sure. And you know, I I typically play the face. Just I find it easier. I enjoy that more. You know, playing the heel, I end up feeling like a jerk. And it's like, it's bits. Like, who cares? It's just bits on a screen. But, like, I care. <laughs> I don't want to make these guys' lives any harder. <laughs> so, uh, so, so you would never do an all-out heel playthrough? It would be rare. Yeah. You know, occasionally I'll have a moment and just... But typically, I won't save it. I'll go back to my last save point and start from there. There you go. Uh, it's like a proverbial, like, um, there, there's memes about, like, the Elder Scrolls games just predominantly, where, like, you walk past an NPC and they, some, they say something mildly rude to you, and then, like, you save it, and then you go kill them to, like, exact your revenge. <laughs> and then you just reload your game, so that way you don't have the bounty or the big guards chasing you or anything like that. Yep. You know, it's <laughs> good to get that rage out. Yep. And this is uh, one game in particular where, like, to actively put some saves in there. Because you do have an autosave, which, great, wonderful... But if that autosave just catches it right after something you didn't want to happen, it's nice to have that good, solid, hard save. Right, yeah. And that in this game is controlled by sleeping. You know, getting to one of your residents, taking a nap, and that gives you the opportunity to put a safe game down. Oh, so you can't just, any anytime you wish, fling open the menu and press save? Nope, nope, nope. You gotta. Uh, some places, um, there's a couple of properties actually. Uh, on this run through here today, we end up buying one of the properties because this is really early in the game, just past getting those initial tutorial missions done. This is where the game starts to open up, you're getting that broader uh, list of characters. And, uh, you know, Mr. Nigel West Dickens here is one that uh, we end up going through several missions with this guy. He's a snake oil salesman, and we got to do what we can to stay on his good side. Um, but the, the, the time that it takes place... I was actually surprised when I first started playing this with, you know, you mentioned the 1911 and I thought for sure it was going to be older in, in history, but you start out in an automobile and it's like, oh, wait a minute. Whoa. Hey, this is newer than I thought. But there again, like you mentioned, you're picking up this story seven eighths of the way through it. Right. <laughs> the other, you know. You have this Red Dead 2 is such an epic game leading up into what this would end up being the final chapter of. And like 
I hadn't replayed this since going through Red Dead 2. And I had picked it up uh, maybe one other time, probably, oh, 2015, 2016, something like that. And I wasn't ready to play back through it again. And um, so I, I'm very happy with this playthrough of it. So enjoyable. And the, uh, the length of the game. Um, uh, the, if someone can knows for sure, there's a site, um, how long to beat, something like that. And so it, it, it tells you how long does it take to, on average, beat video games. Yeah. And this it ends up being around 18 or 19 hours just for the core story. So that's a pretty short playthrough just for the core story. Ends up turning into probably a 40, 50, 60 hour game if you do all of the side missions and for, you know, completionist. Uh, but on Red... Yeah, that's also dependent on actually being good at it too. Like mine, it would probably take a couple of years. Um, I wanted to ask you on that note. So, would you recommend that somebody who wants to play the series and hasn't yet should they start with two, seeing as how it is a prequel and ends with the beginning of one? So, so would you have you know suggest to somebody to play? two and then one or do it the way they came out play one and then find out you know that it that two is a prequel and you're now going back in the timeline to fill in everything that came before question um it depends on the gamer like if they are story driven and don't care about mechanics then for sure do red dead 2 and then go right into red dead 1 and you know figure out the differences in between but if you're one that after you drive that porsche hopping back into your you know your ford isn't gonna <laughs> feel as good you know and like red dead 2 is such a clean awesome well-playing game that to hop into this it's like it feels clunky it does but if you start here, um, then it, it, it's a trade-off because in this game, you have so much less upkeep. It's, you know, you just get straight to business and like to, to skin things is boom, you're done, back on your horse and going. On Red Dead 2, you have the choice of, well, do you skin it or do you take the entire carcass? Who do you send the carcass to? Who do you, you know, it's all of these other little things that you have to decide. A lot more upkeep. And so, personally, I, I I would recommend playing them as they came out. So go ahead and play this one first. Uh, you know, it's going to spoil some aspects of Red Dead 2 just because, oh, hey, that guy lived. <laughs> but, uh, and, and, and then you personally, knowing what you know about the series... If you wanted mm -hmm. to do a storyline playthrough, would you be more apt to start with two and then go back to one? Uh, probably not. Like, knowing what I know about the series, like, this one, 
it has the same characters, it has similar story elements to it, but it's not crucial to know the differences. For me, I, I would rather, you know, get this one, for lack of a better term, out of the way. I mean, it's awesome. I love this game, obviously. But once you delve into Red Dead 2, you're there for a while. Like, a long while. The Just to play through the core story without any of the extras, at least 60 hours. You're looking probably closer to 80 to 100 hours if you even want to start getting some of those side missions and the other things done. And so, you know, just to kind of get this under your belt and then you can land in Red Dead 2 and stay there as long as you want. Uh, what kept us in Red Dead 1 is, was the uh, online aspect of it, the multiplayer aspect of it. Oh, okay. And that's what ended up making, like, accelerated this to that top of the list of, probably, you know, right as one of my favorite games. Because, you know, again, I was torn between this, something from the LEGO franchise, or Zelda, A Link to the Past. That's another one that I spent many, many, many hours in. But, you know, what... what what A Link to the Past did not have was that social aspect. And we had a group of probably four or five guys playing this all at the same time. And it was, you know, regular basis. Hey, so-and-so's on. Let's run out, posse up, and, you know, get into some trouble. And with the, the 360 having you know on the controller where you could just plug the mic right into it and mm -hmm. all of your audio is going right over the xbox network it made cooperative play so much easier than it had ever been for me before because uh, you know and in the real world i do it tech and I hate trying to fix my own stuff. <laughs> like, I just want my stuff to work. <laughs> yeah. I'm tired of fixing it during the day. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and so with the 360, where it was just like, oh, I'm chatting with my friends. It works and we're playing. Awesome. And just so much fun. You don't got to think a lot of, about it and how to make it work. Mm hmm And, and, and uh, you know... What do they call that cage? Uh, plug and play. <laughs> that, 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 I th I've heard that term thrown around on a lot of different things, but I mean, really. And we talked about this on the last podcast about game and console uh, creators being able to adjust to the times, change, and be flexible so that their business survives, and. Uh, I think really that that's one of the biggest aspects of it is people people don't want to spend you know 10 15 20 minutes trying to figure out why their game won't work they just want to plug and play and and yes there there's probably you know more complexities and advanced settings and things like that that they might want to play around with and explore the options to be able to get the best gameplay experience for them but most people don't, you know, and, and maybe that says something about society in general, but I, you know, 
any any time I I see stuff like this, it, you know, tech issues galore, it, it really de uh, detracts from the gameplay experience. So it it, it really kind of behooves these companies that are are trying to create and sell a good gameplay experience to make it so that those tech issues don't happen in the first place. It's just plug and play. You you as opposed to uh taking you know you've got two hours to play a game with your your friends that are halfway across the world and you're taking up 20 minutes of that just trying to connect no that that's that's not what people want and and rightly so if if uh if they can avoid all that just by having a a system that is ready to go like that from the get-go and they don't have to spend the time trying to solve tech issues they're, they're going to be that much happier with the product and and i got to imagine that's uh, like at least a partial goal of some of these companies to produce that kind of good gameplay experience where you're not fighting with tech issues all the time just to get it to do what you want it to do you know but um the 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 main aspect of way like what you were talking about there uh you know plugging in and and playing with your friends over the xbox 360 that reminded me of uh, one of our, our previous guest joho who was talking about playing borderlands and uh he mentioned land parties where you were <laughs> connecting up a couple of you know consoles with a lan cable you know mm-hmm but yeah, that's that, that's the basics of this. You know, same thing with um, long download times or you know internet connectivity or any of these things that that would detract from that and make it more difficult. Uh, you know, time you're spending just trying to get the game to work. And I, I got to imagine that you know having having that really added to it for you. For sure. And one of the other aspects about this game in general was the mini games that are incorporated into it. Mm -hmm. And so this has um, has poker and uh, liar's dice and horseshoes are three of the, the games you can find scattered around. And we would have sessions just going in and sitting around the poker table and playing there for a couple of hours just you know we don't need to you know posse up and run around and shoot no we'll just play some cards for a while like the the mechanics right. of how the the cards play it's awesome just to sit around and you know hang out with your buddies yeah, absolutely I, um so not to kind of take away from what you were put, talking about as far as like playing online with like this game. Um, going back to what something you had mentioned previous, like this game was a game that made you get the 360. It made you advance the generation from your PlayStation 2. And then Red Dead 2 was one that made you pick up the PS4, right? Mm -hmm. um, so I have to ask, because there is the... There is the uh, black sheep of the red dead family that was on playstation 2 red dead revolver was that a game that you were playing on playstation 2 and that convinced you to buy red dead redemption when it came out on the 360 
No, it was years later that I ended up going back and playing Red Dead Revolver. And it's it's a totally different game. There might be, you know, some of the characters might have similar names. I don't even know from from that aspect. But it there's from what I recall of it, there it's not story driven. It's going out and you know, dueling and that's that's about all there was to it from what I recall. And I didn't spend a bunch of time on it because it's not this open world beautiful game. <laughs> and uh, so it just didn't it, it it's one of those types of games where it's just like well now you're up against bad bart and shoot them and then you go on to the next one. Now it's whiskey pete and you're shooting them and and yes there was skill involved in everything but it just it didn't have an enthralling story both of these games like they're very well written not just from a uh you know in general it's well written but it's Rockstar. They're going to push those boundaries. They're going to, you know, bring up some of those issues that other people's not going to mess with. And so, you know, you deal with Native Americans, you deal with uh, immigrants, and they, they they give a fair perspective, <laughs> not just the you know that singular one view of the world. I got to imagine that, um, that that's part of the reason why it's had such great success is because of Rockstar's willingness to push the boundaries. Uh, you know, you hear a lot about like movie directors, uh, politicians, and anybody really that's you know pushes societal boundaries. And sometimes they're looked on in a negative light, but in general, that's kind of what the public wants, I think. And and especially story-driven things like movies and novels, comic books, video games, and, you know. That's, that's something that I think really appeals to a lot of people is uh, where the developer or the writers or any of the people that are, are contributing to this are really pushing the boundaries of, of what you might consider quote-unquote normal or, or uh, how should I say, uh, couth. Couth, <laughs> you know. If you're yeah. able to push a boundary on a storyline, it, it's probably all that much more appealing to those people that want that sort of thing. Yeah, and, you know, kind of the way you described, like, talking about Red Dead Revolver versus Redemption, like, this game flowed, right? From the way you kind of made it sound like, it kept you going into it, you know, as each piece kind of unfolded, whereas what you, the way it sounded like Revolver did, it was just kind of like, here you go, this is the next part, this is the next part, we didn't really like tie anything in, but this is the next part. Here you go, next part. Would you say that's pretty accurate? 
yeah, from what I recall of Revolver. Because there again, it wasn't one I spent much time on. I didn't know it existed, you know, prior to, you know, I just stepped knee deep straight into this one. I was like, oh, here I am. <laughs> and yeah, the other from the the old one, uh, you know, with the, the Red Dead revolver, you know, I, I didn't know, quite frankly, much about Rockstar outside of... Um, just watching the the Grand Theft Autos over Doom's shoulder, that was mm -hmm. the only other games I knew outside of that. I mean, Grand Theft Auto obviously being their biggest series mm -hmm. overall. Um, you know, it, it just it's you're not. I can tell. I can tell you, you're definitely not alone. If you asked anyone who is playing Red Dead Redemption Two, right? Like, if we're on Twitch right now. Live. We're live on Twitch right now. If we did a search, people playing Red Dead Redemption 2 online, you know, if we asked them, do they even play Red Dead Redemption 1, we're going to get a lot of no's, you know. If we asked them, did they play Red Dead Revolver, oh, the, there was a third Red Dead game? Cool! Yeah, where can I get that? I, I would be willing to bet you a lot of people would know. I, I looked it up while uh, before I even had brought up the question, you know, because I don't, like, Red Dead Revolver you know, I don't remember it being a big game. And it wasn't. It was very poorly reviewed. <laughs> like, very poorly reviewed. It's crazy to see, like, a game, you know, go from the Metacritic that Revolver was to where Red Dead Redemption and then Redemption 2 ended up being, you know, and they, they kind of... It, it shows that they put that kind of, like, love and care, I guess, into they really want this series to work as a whole, and they want it to become something bigger. Um, and I guess that kind of ties into a question uh, from the live audience right now. Um, Short and Sweet 8402 wants to know, and having played Red Dead Redemption 2, maybe the thing that you would add to Red Dead Redemption 1 was something they added to 2, like a quality of life improvement. But uh, what, if anything, would you add to the game if you could? Definitely the improved heads-up display. Like, the... Between both that and... You you have what's called Deadeye in this game, or Eagle... Uh, well, I think technically Eagle Vision is... Uh, that's uh, Assassin's Creed, isn't it? Hmm. Uh, but oh, similar God. concept, uh, where, you know, time slows down, and you can see where people are at, you can oh. see where uh, animals have been. You like they leave a little stink trail behind them, and so that's in Red Dead Two. It makes it so much better. Like for hunting, it's like you can you go to this busy place, you see animals scatter. You use your dead eye, and you can pick out. Oh, this is the rabbit's trail. Yeah, follow the rabbit. Yeah, I remember seeing that in Markiplier's playthrough. And so that's something I've really missed in this game. I was, because I did, again, I didn't re remember how much, you know, what did they have. And this, it will slow down when you go to shoot. Uh, it's only when you're shooting <laughs> that you can use it. 
Okay, um, yeah. we're we're gonna we that we just came to the end of the first part of uh, Tinker's playthrough here. Um, so we're gonna take a short commercial break and then come back and uh, stay tuned because I'm gonna steal Cage's job for a couple of seconds. One second. <laughs> All right, um, so now we're back for the second part of the playthrough, and I, I uh, uh, gave Cage a heart attack because this is like his bread and butter, this this job, uh, for which I I pay him, like, I, I don't know, something... Exorbitant amounts. Yeah, money. Ex ex uh, so exorbitant, I, I feel I have to, like, take out multiple loans just to uh, cover the bill, and... Um, the but I was going to steal his job for one second because I I started going through a list of um, games made by Rockstar and I'm going through the list and I'm like okay yeah we we've got uh, Grand Theft Auto and all the various editions of that I didn't realize there was a Grand Theft Auto for Game Boy way back in uh, 1999. And, and uh, you know all the various iterations of that. They've got uh, their Max Payne series. I was going to ask Tinker, have you played any of the Max Payne stuff? No, no. Mm -mm. That's actually. Um, I was going to make a comment uh, when we were still on the first part there. That uh, that Dead Eye system is uh, where it slows down, like while you're shooting. Mm -hmm. It's very similar to Bullet Time in Max Payne, and that's honestly, oh, okay. I would imagine, exactly where they took the idea from. Yeah. And then, uh, then I came to, that uh, came out in October of 2010, Red Dead Redemption Undead Nightmare. And I'm like, what mm. is this? And I, I hovered over it, and I saw that it is a, uh, basically turning people in the game into zombies, and adding the Halloween aspect to the game, and and that was a question from uh, Doom in our live chat. Uh, what were your feelings on the undead add-on of the first one, and are you ever gonna uh, stream that? First off, we loved it. <laughs> it was such a because we were uh, big zombie fans. You know, Walking Dead was huge mm -hmm. at the time, and everything. Yeah. yeah. And uh, we just ate it up. Like, we could not put that one down. Um, and, yes, I, uh, I'm i thinking I might save that one for more, you know, come October, we'll play through that. Okay. Hopefully by that point, I've done the, the full playthrough of the main storyline. Uh, you know, I do want to complete the main storyline first. But, yeah, uh, that, that would be an excellent one come... October. Yeah, you're definitely going to have to let me know because I did not know that was a thing. And mm -hmm. I am greatly interested in seeing that. That that looks fantastic. Uh, so, so yeah, if you're just joining us, we're talking about Red Dead Redemption 1, the first game that came out in 2010. And uh, they added on... Uh, is, that, is that a DLC? Yep. Okay, so DLC yeah. through the Xbox 360 or the PlayStation 3 Undead Nightmare where you're basically turning several of the characters into zombies, and it, it, it adds a non-canonical zombie horror-themed single-player campaign to multiplayer modes and cosmetic additions to the environments and characters. That sounds absolutely fantastic. Yep. 
Yeah, it actually, um, that was uh, when I was talking about the uh, awards that I had won. Mm -hmm. it, uh, Red Dead Redemption had actually won Best D DLC from Spike TV's Video Game Awards for Undead Nightmare. And um, much how we talked about back in uh, uh, Joho's episode with Borderlands and the Tiny Tina's... Uh, was uh, Assault on Dragon's Keep DLC. Yeah. Oh, that was incredible. Oh my goodness. <laughs> um, yeah, the, so the, the Nightmare is considered to be one of the best DLC add-ons in a game of all time. That's amazing. And now uh, we'll we'll round out the uh, the discussion of the storyline by um, I was looking at uh, there was some false rumors and and false leaks of a red dead redemption 3 earlier this year and it started you know getting people a buzz on that and it turned out to be completely false nothing was in the works yet in fact they're they're saying that a yeah on uh, nuts uh they're, they're saying that a red dead redemption 3 is probably not to be expected from rockstar until 2026 which, I mean, it was eight years between the first and the second one. So, yeah, that kind of makes sense that they're they're putting eight years worth of work into uh, making something that's maybe even more epic. Well, and, and even, even to that point, as someone who, again, worked for a gaming company, um, Red Dead Redemption 2 was supposed to have come out like three years prior to its actual release like they had pushed it back that many times so like they're sitting if they're sitting here saying that they don't expect it until 2026 i i would bank on it being 2026 i mean they've been talking about grand theft auto 6 now for like six years as grand theft auto 5 enters its 10th year and third generation <laughs> of console that it's on yeah um it, like i i can't imagine that they'll as great a game as a uh, beloved a game as the red dead series is i i would imagine their flagship franchise is going to be much more on their priority list uh, and honestly this game they will make sure they take the time to perfect it before it comes out yeah well, and with both of those you, you know when you look at both the grand theft and Red Dead both having like a very solid MMO sort of online aspect of them. They're still making money on that every day. And with Red Dead Online, it, it, it might be slow coming, but they do continue to add new content to it. Is it enough to keep people around for the next six years or you know, four to six years. Let's see Who knows? Here. We'll see. Grand, Grand Theft Auto 6 uh, confirmed in development, and that was back in February, uh, February 4th of this year that they confirmed that. And then Max Payne, which is, an, uh, they I think they've got two of those already, and then remakes of those original two are on the way. That was re uh, released on April 6th. Um, I think they have three Max Paynes, actually, now that I think about it. I, th I think. I could be wrong on that. Mm -hmm. 
Oh yes, yeah, yes, yeah. three. So so that's mm-hmm. just going to be remakes of the original ones that they have because the last one three came out in twenty twelve. Um, and then the only other series that they have that's that stood out to me is L.A. Noir, which there's a couple of games in that series that looks really good. It's a 2011 detective action adventure. Uh, and that set in 1947 I, in L.A. It's a fun game. Just don't expect the same level as the Grand Theft and Red Dead on the open You're world. You're a cop. You have to behave like a cop. Aww, <laughs> that sucks. It, it it there's less open world to it. it it is more of a you know follow here let's pop you on this track and just drive you right through the game and it, it, it's a fun game i really enjoyed playing it because I, I do love that you know the 40s noir detective they the the uh art direction on it is superb they they did a great job with it but if you're expecting this large, you know, huge open world, it's not there. Yeah. Um, uh, Scotty, I think you kind of, I think you kind of like lead, led us into uh, another question that was dropped into the chat there a while ago, with there being so many franchises in the Rockstar games, and maybe not even necessarily just Rockstar in general, but. Um, Tinker, you were talking about uh, level of detail in the Red Dead Redemption series being uh, on its own level, uh, especially when it comes to like wildlife. Um, would you like to see similar detail make its way into another franchise? And if so, which one sticks out to you that you would like to see that in? That was from Tubaswan. Yeah, I... I can't think of... like I, I read the question when it came up, but I, I can't really think of what game that I would like to see, especially when it comes to wildlife, because especially in Red Dead 2, they nailed it, like, across the board. It has such a menagerie of animals all throughout the entire continent, and it works because you are a hunter, and you do use these supplies, and from from that aspect, I really, really enjoyed it. Yeah, you know, just as a little side note, like a lot of the things that, of course, it's simplified tremendously. But when you look at the recipes that they give you in Red Dead Two, that's an actual recipe. Like you take these two substances, and they would have a similar effect. So you know, when it comes to, I, I mentioned this in the stream when I was doing Red Dead Online for doing small game animal uh, arrows. You take an arrow and you replace the end of it with like a 12 gauge, just a blunted shell. And it's a little thumper arrow and it doesn't pierce the skin. It takes out squirrels, bunny rabbits, that sort of thing. And that's exactly the supplies you need (laughs) to make these arrows in the game. So it's like, I, I like that level of detail that they work into it. That said, I typically don't like that level of detail can get, you know, if I just want to sit down and play the game, like there were points in Red Dead 2, like how much detail do they need to incorporate in this? How much do I need to pay attention to? And, uh, you know, 
Oh, it, it, they, 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 they found that limit and they stuck just behind it. Like I, I didn't feel overwhelmed. Where it, it, it could get overwhelming if working that level of detail into other games. And I, I don't know. What do you guys think? I, you know, is there a game that you could think of that you'd like to see that level of detail incorporated into? Paige, you answered that first. I'm, I'm thrown off. I don't think I've ever had a guest ask us a question. Uh, what the hell? <laughs> um, this isn't working. <laughs> I honestly, you know, I'm not, I'm not sure. Like, sometimes with certain things, um, less is more, I think. You know, I've honestly never played either of the Red Dead Redemption games. I've always thought they were cool. But I do have an issue with, like, open world sandbox games. And I get very distracted very easily. And then Look, I get squirrel. bored with Exactly. <laughs> um, you know, it's it's kind of funny this stems from Tuba's question. Because I was actually discussing this with Tuba recently. Like, with uh, Horizon Zero Dawn. I think the game is absolutely beautiful and uh, an absolute masterpiece. But it's open world. And I got you sidetrack doing other things and then I never completed the game because I never because <laughs> I got bored with it doing the side quests and then I never went back to the main story. Hmm. So um, to a certain extent, I mean, for me, I would probably say no, I, I don't necessarily think a level of detail that intense needs to be put into it. Um, I, I guess if you made me choose a game series, Maybe the WWE games. I'm a big wrestling fan, and that would be about the only place where I'd find an insane amount of detail to be acceptable. <laughs> well, yeah, see, now I, I'm still kind of stuck on this list of uh, Rockstar games, and I'm looking through, you know, okay, so we, and, and almost all of them are, you know, nitty gritty, dirty. Like we were saying earlier, pushing the limits uh, of what's acceptable in society. I mean, Grand Theft Auto by itself. How how many mothers that were worried about the psychological impact on their children said, "No, you're not going to play this game," you know. Um, and 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 how how many times that popped up on the radar of you know like people that that just are so worried about say you know they, they probably also thought that rock and roll back in the 50s was you know devil music and was gonna uh, turn all of the the kids listening to it into devil worshipers but i you know if rockstar as a company has been putting out all of these games i'd say they're doing a, 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 a damn great job of doing that you know really pushing the the boundaries of what's acceptable and and getting so many kudos because of it i mean what'd you say 99 uh, or 98 uh, metacritic score for red dead redemption 2 so i'm yeah i'm looking at this and and this list of games here okay so we got grand theft auto we've got uh the red dead redemption series the ones that came before that uh, we, we've got uh, Smuggler's Run, we've got Max Payne, State of Emergency. They even made a game on, based on the movie The Italian Job. Uh, Midnight Club, Manhunt, and, and uh, The Warriors. And then you ask me, 
is there a game that I would really like that kind of level of detail in? And I come to 2006 at Rockstar Games Presents Table Tennis. <laughs> yeah. Don't let that name fool you. <laughs> like, you that could, game was, uh, you could probably, like, you know, yes. smash on, on the paddle and just, you know, uh, cause, cause the, uh, uh, the little ball to go straight up the, your opponent's nose or something. <laughs> Blood gushing everywhere. Oh, yeah. No, I just I thought that was hilarious uh, going through this whole list. All these nitty-gritty games and then table tennis. Woohoo! Uh, on the Wii, no less. So you had to uh, probably use that uh, controller to actually move. Move your body. Who Whoever thought that was a good idea, moving your body to play a game? People who... No, I got nothing. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> That's right. I don't know. Anyway, uh, yeah, so... Now, I mean, as far as that goes, uh, a game that I wish there was more detail to. Um, I don't think I got anything for that, really. I mean, the games that I'm into, I'm, I'm pretty happy with the games as they are. Uh, games like this... I would rather watch a long playthrough uh, and just just watch the storyline as it unfolds while somebody else is actually doing the game mechanics, uh, especially yeah, Red Dead Redemption 2 with as much detail was put into that story, and if Rockstar ever does come out with a Red Dead Redemption 3, uh, same thing. I will be keenly watching for anybody that's going to do a long playthrough of that so that I can see the whole storyline. Um, but aside from that, I you know, the, the, the level of detail, I think, really speaks to how much a game developer cares about their product. You know, you, you said, um, how well, it was the late three years, Red Dead Redemption 2? So, I believe from the initial initial announcement, uh, or like announced date to actual release date, yes, somewhere around like two to three years. So that means that Rockstar decided it was in their best interest to put out as high a quality product as they possibly could even at the cost of potentially losing some sales because they kept delaying and pushing back and down, unless that was maybe part of their marketing strategy. I don't know. But they wanted it perfect before they put it out. As, as perfect as could be. And I'd, I'd say they probably succeeded with Red I mean, definitely rating-wise, absolutely. Sales-wise. Yeah. So, so kudos on them for, you know, just doing what they felt they, they wanted to do with the game before releasing it just to get it perfect. Mm-hmm. All right. Absolutely. Um, let, let's switch gears a little bit now, and let, let's talk more about the uh, nostalgic and memory aspects of this game. You had mentioned before uh, that you were... Uh, you know, playing with a group of your friends with the multiplayer aspect of Red Dead Redemption and the ability to um, 
not only just plug and play your your headset so you can all talk in game um but the aspects of just getting together with your your friends to be able to do that multiplayer game in a game that you all loved and how easy that was and how satisfying it was so so why don't you tell us a little bit more about like the memories that you have surrounding red dead redemption and you know why it, why it holds a, such a big nostalgic factor for you now 12 years later again it, it was all in all some of the best multiplayer gaming that i've ever done uh, like up until that point we had to be in the same room to really get the same level of enjoyment out of a multiplayer game like it had to be on the same screen shared you know sharing the screen or like a land party where you can just like yell at your buddy across the way and that first time of like oh like this is a grown-up game i'm a grown-up now <laughs> and enjoying it with um buddies from and quite frank i i believe everyone was pretty much here in ohio we we could have got together and done something but we wouldn't there's no way with that we would have and to to have your your own full screen while your buddies right there with you it was that next level of gameplay for me that uh there were other things you know obviously you had multiple mmos and stuff out by that point that other people with team speak or whatever were totally doing the same thing for years before that i just had never got around to it and it was at that point in my life where like quite frankly i i needed those friends in my life uh you know i was uh you know with anxiety and depression it can be so hard to leave the house <laughs> let alone have fun with someone and it totally just removed that pressure of i don't have to leave now they don't see me you know it doesn't matter if i'm wearing the same clothes that i was wearing two days ago <laughs> you know and that's that's kind of where i was and to have that fun with with buddies and uh there was just to be able to get right to it we had a mission we had something to do that completely was not my real life at the time and that just made a world of difference just that escapism for that little bit while making memories and uh when you're talking about the the undead there again when that came out we just there's one what's well, actually right here uh mr seth <laughs> uh the character that we're watching on the playthrough he has a pretty big portion in the undead believe it or not the the grave robber hmm. uh, but the, right <laughs> uh this area right here around the church 
in the multiplayer aspect is one of the areas where you get wave after wave of zombies and it's just you know who can last the longest and when when you die you end up looking over the shoulder of one of your posse that's still in the fight and man oh man just hooting and hollering and keep on keep on keep on like get 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 move over to the right you know you're already gone but you're still right there in the fight cheering them on and yeah it was some of the the most exhilarating gaming and it's all in this one little cemetery you know you know nothing past this but boy oh boy did it get the heart racing it was some fun 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 gaming See now you're you're touching on something that I have heard described in many different ways from almost all of our guests over the last six months, and that is not only escapism, but using video games as a form of relaxation, as a form of anxiety control, as a depression control, um, an outlet to be able to check yourself so that you don't go insane, you don't go uh, postal, uh, and you don't kill yourself. And that to me, it doesn't matter if it is uh, a bloody and violent game, it doesn't matter if it's uh, uh, themes that go against your religion, it doesn't matter if it's this or that. If that is what is keeping you sane after dealing with the things that are going on in the real world and keeping you alive, I'm all for it. You know, that's that's why even though it, it can be destructive, I've always been a um, I've always been a big supporter of people using vices to keep themselves in check. You know, keep themselves alive, be it even alcohol or, uh, to some extent, drugs. For me, it's it's been food. I mean, you can tell where I got my svelte figure from. It was from, you know, eating lots of fast food. But that's also kept me alive for big portions of it. Um, and, and, and to hear you talk about this game in that kind of a tone, just like uh, I, Joe, who was talking about Borderlands 2 in the same tone... Uh, you know, and, and Doom talking about Black Tiger in the same tone. That that is very powerful to me to hear that that just one video game among thousands and thousands of video games that are out there had such a great impact on you to help you battle depression and anxiety. And uh, to me, that that's just fantastic. Yeah, I, and the shared experience, it's, it, you know, I'm a huge proponent for shared experiences. Uh, when you can make that connection with someone, and like I said, the, uh, it's my buddy, Scotty, <laughs> my other Scotty, yeah. that is the one that I spent so many hours in this game with, and, you know, 10 years later and we can still hoot and holler about that one time <laughs> you know hopping up on the outhouse to get away from the zombies and 
you know, do we recollect all of the aspects of it verbatim? No, of course not. You know, we each have those little segments, but it it was just that that shared experience with a good friend that in decades from now we'll still look back and say, you know, you know, did we accomplish anything great thing in the world? No. Did we survive that night by hanging out and having a good time? Yes, we did. Yeah. And and those are the memories that people's lives are built on. This this is uh, probably going to forever be near and dear to you because of that. Um, so uh, let me ask you one more quick question, then we're going to hand it over to Cage for a couple more here. Um, sure. Is there is there a spot when you hit it in this game that it instantly triggers a memory for you and every time you hit that spot in the game you you think of that thing that it, it reminds you of uh well with this the and i i know a couple of you were were there when i did this it was right previous to where we picked up here and that is the the horse taming my goodness <laughs> that was the hardest part of this game and it was the most frustrating and it had nothing to do with the game <laughs> i mean it, you know obviously it it it's a mechanic of the game and everything but it's just like why do i have to do this <laughs> just let me <laughs> skip it just... but it was you know that is from everything in this game that will stand out it will always be that one point and once you get past that point the rest of the game is a breeze <laughs> but um it, it just this was the probably one of the very first first person shooters that i could actively play because i'm not a good first person shooter like i yeah i cannot like when I'm using joysticks, the the little fudging right in the middle to get it precisely on some. Uh, I'm a I'm a nest player. It's all the way this way, all the way that way, <laughs> and that does not make for precise aiming. <laughs> and so, like the targeting in this game was what made a first-person shooter approachable for me, something I could enjoy playing without, it, you know, because, oh, like to even play Doom or um, Wolfenstein, some of those, the early, early first-person shooters, it was tough. Like, it, it, it got to the point where it was, it was more frustrating than enjoyable. And this yeah. was that, that first game that swapped that for me. All right, uh, Cage, you got a few more questions in chat? Yeah, um, so uh, our very own Coptimus Crime uh, says that they really enjoy Red Dead uh, 2 online. So like Red Dead Redemption 2's online mode, uh, which obviously was more fleshed out than just kind of like playing with your uh, friends via Red Dead Redemption 1. Um, First, uh, I'll, I'll answer the first half of the question here because um, they want to know if the game was banned anywhere for its content uh, because you know, it's very violent and graphic. 
Um, to answer your question, Coptimus, the game was actually not banned anywhere for its uh, violence or like the the graphicness of that. Um, Red Dead Redemption Two Online was actually um, banned in multiple countries due to being able to play poker with your friends or random people across the internet. And since you could purchase in-game currency with real-life money, it was considered a form of gambling. Oh boy! And got that game that got removed in many countries um, as a uh, thing of unsolicited gambling. So, yeah, not for the violence or graphic content for gambling. Banned. Um, and. And I apologize because, again, I have never played Red Dead Redemption 1, 2, online, whatever. Um, so I'm not sure exactly where this happens in the grand scheme of things. And I'm hoping, Tinker, you know. But um, talking about the violent and graphic content, Cop wants to know, what were your takes on ripping a bird's heart out? It's a blast. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, what better way can you spend a Saturday night ripping out the hearts of birds? Come on. <laughs> okay. Why are we ripping out hearts of birds? Let, let's dive into this a little bit because I'm curious. That's, now. that's, like, that's Rockstar pushing those boundaries. <laughs> uh, one thing, like be, another difference between the two games and this one, um, I don't think it threw out more of this playthrough. We're going to see it. But when you harvest animals, you know, parts from an animal, it it drops down and it looks up at you and blood splatters on the screen. And that's it. It's a quick chat and you're off. In Red Dead 2, they really like extended that out. So you like you're cutting the hide off and flipping the hide over and flipping the animal and keep cutting it. And that gets a little old for me. Uh, that is one part of Red Dead Two that gets a little old. Uh, so you're you're saying that like, so you're starting off by skinning an animal and then harvesting like its materials, we'll call it, and it's actually like showing you materials, like the entire act of it. Yes. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. And so, like, when you do a wolf, you get the wolf skin, you get big game meat, and you get uh, a wolf heart. And so it's like you get those multiple parts. But, yeah, it, it shows you, like, cutting the, the hide off the side and flipping the hide over. And, yeah, it's... Remember when we were talking in uh, the last podcast about uh, immersive game experience <laughs> see because if you, uh, you know, what happens if you play that in vr now and you oh get that, that you know burned into your retinas <laughs> uh Selimu has it right it's a bit yeah. visceral just, visceral just indeed yes yeah <laughs> all right uh and, any other outstanding questions cage uh one actually just came in from Selimu. um so um I know from experience with Grand Theft Auto, right? Which, you know, a lot of people call Red Dead Redemption Grand Theft Horse because it's similar <laughs> in a lot of ways to Grand Theft Auto, just in olden times and horses, not vehicles. So, um, and I know they will do it in Grand Theft Auto, 
But some of you wants to know, will the AI steal your horse during a, a fight or mission or anything of that nature in, in Red Dead Redemption? Uh, in Red Dead 2, one player? Uh, in Red Dead 1, I don't think at all they will. Red Dead 2, single player, no. Uh, Red Dead Online... You got it's not the AI, but you really got to watch out for other people. <laughs> they okay. will totally steal your horse if they can, and for okay. no other reason, just to mess with you. <laughs> and that's fair. Yeah. And like I said, I I knew that I knew that uh, you know in Grand Theft Auto, yeah. I mean, like it, it's not incredibly common because most of the, like the bystanders uh, are wimpy people mm -hmm. um you know and you'll you'll have that person in grand theft auto like if you put yank them out of your car out of their car you know most of them will just like run away screaming and all that kind of stuff but there there'll be that those few that will get back up and if you don't drive away they'll try to pull you back out of the car <laughs> and beat your ass like for trying to take their car and i have seen it where uh, like there's been times where i would like be sitting in a car and just like stopped because you know i'm looking something up online or i responded to a text message or something and just like some random ai will come over and pull me out of the car and try to take my car <laughs> uh, to which i of course respond by you know popping a bullet in their face but you know, yeah, hey, whatever whatever it takes right <laughs> exactly nobody steals tinkerer's horse <laughs> exactly that, that, oh, well, that needs to be said in the, the tone of nobody puts baby in the corner either <laughs> all right uh well yeah that's uh, the end of the playthrough so we're gonna go ahead and uh, close out here i want to thank everybody for coming out tonight uh this is the arcade nostalgia memories podcast season one episode 11 which means we have one more episode in the season that's going to be episode 12 it's going to be in three weeks i believe it is on sunday may 15th um not quite locked in yet, but uh, just check a schedule on the website, which is uh, ebc2021.com, and uh, the schedule will be correct probably at least a week out, if not two weeks, uh, for when exactly that will be. Should be about the same time, like 5 o'clock or so on Sunday, May 15th, for our last episode of the season. Um, so once again, my name is Scotty, EBC, uh, my co-host, Legion Cage. And our uh, guest this uh, evening is Man Tinkerer, and I want to tell you where you can find him at, which is twitch.tv slash M-A-D underscore T-I-N-K-E-R-E-R -E -E underscore one three. You attack a 13 on the end there. And that is his Twitch channel. He does a lot of uh great streams not only gaming like he you know he's been recently playing the red dead redemption again uh in preparation for this podcast but he also does uh, batman arkham asylum um uh is it ragar or ragar what's the original name ragar 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 i couldn't think of the, the y in the middle of it um and uh several other games but like just recently he did a stream on restoring a cast iron pan uh you know phenomenal streams from from this man this beautiful uh bearded wonder over thank here you. thank you so much thank you, thank uh, for you, joining you. us i really appreciate you 
Um, oh, thank you so much for having me. I greatly appreciate being here. And uh, yeah, just check him out on Twitch and, and everything else uh, related to our channel, EBC. Uh, again, you can go to the website, www.ebc2021.com. Uh, that's got our full schedule there, all the information related to everything we do. Uh, and yeah, that's, that's everything we have for you. So once again, uh, I'm Scotty with uh, the Arcade Nostalgia Memories Podcast, my co-host Cage. Thank you for joining us. See ya. Adios. Good night. <laughs>